Thanks for tuning in. You're now listening to the latest podcast from House SF. For more information about House and our heart for the city, please make sure to visit our website at www.housesf.org. Let's pray real quick, and then let's just go to work. Oh, Jesus. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you that you are here. Lord, we thank you that you have been present, that you were there when we woke up this morning with an extra hour of sleep. Thank you, Lord. And um, God, we thank you that you've been so present through our worship and our words. And God, I just invite you into this message. Father, I believe that this is from you. I believe this is a word from you, but I just want to give you room here, God, just to say what you want to say. And Father, I ask that you would open our hearts, open our minds, open whatever you need to so that we could really get a hold of this word and allow it to go deep. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so we have been in this series called Be, Grow, Thrive, right? Have you been liking it? Yeah. I have. It's been amazing. Craig um, kicked us off with be, and we really unpacked what it means to just be, to to live on purpose, to live with intentionality, and and to be a child of God. And he even um, talked about what it looks like for us to be the church, and that it's not just a Sunday thing. Amen? No, it's a family thing. It's a Monday through Sunday kind of thing. And Um, I just love, love, love it. And if you've missed any of that, I totally want to encourage you to jump on the podcast and and play a little catch-up. But today, I have the amazing opportunity to talk to us about something new, and that's grow. Today, we're going to talk about grow. And before, well, okay, we'll, we'll go here first. Here's the thing about grow. In our relationship with God, we've had the opportunity to receive God into our hearts, right? We've all had this opportunity where God says that, hey, if you believe and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that you will be saved, and what? That he will come and dwell in your heart. He will make his home inside your heart. I love even Ephesians 3.17. The NLT puts it this way. It says, then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to fully understand, amen? Then you will be made complete, with the fullness of life and the power that comes from God. So we receive this love, but we need to allow this love to permeate everything inside of us. There needs to be depth to this love. So we receive God into our hearts, but here's the thing. We gotta give him permission to transform our hearts. So will you give him permission today? Will you give him permission to go a little deeper? to get a little wider, to maybe pull up something that you don't want him to see. 
Can we give him permission? Because I'm telling you, that is what's needed if we're going to grow. We don't just want to stay and be. There's too much for us to experience, amen? There's too much of his love to encounter for us to just be. No, we want to grow, amen? Okay, good. So here's the thing with growth, though. I think there's some stigmas that come with this word, grow. Um, I don't know about you, but sometimes when I hear grow, I kind of, I get a little puffed up. Like, why do I need to grow? I thought it, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. I don't need growth. I get a little defensive when someone starts talking about change. I'm like, why do I need to change? You need to change. Like, I don't know if you ever feel this way, but I get a little defensive, and I think that there's just this negative connotation with grow and change, especially in our society today, in our participation award society today. Okay, I'm just going to go there. There's a little bit, and I'm, I guess, am I a millennial? I don't know. But I think I'm in this generation where it's kind of like everyone is awesome. You showed up, you get an award, you're awesome. And you are awesome. And I'm not trying to be mean here. We are awesome. But what good does it come from if you're just told you're awesome all the time and there's no change or growth taking place? Amen? So I just want to squash this lie that change and growth is bad. And especially when we're talking about, think about who we're talking about here. Think about who wants to grow us. Your Father in heaven. This love that we just talked about that can go, this love that is so far and so wide and so deep, this, this love that went to the cross, that went to hell and back for you, this love that would do anything for you, this is the love that wants to gently come alongside you and say, hey, can we, can we grow together? Maybe that, that one little thing there, that, that hurt, that pain, a little blind spot, can we just tweak that a little? That's the kind of growth that we're talking about. Okay, so this isn't an, an overbearing kind of change. This isn't a negative change. This is a positive thing, okay? Because basically, growth requires change, right? Okay, so I just want to call that out. Um, change is good. I was thinking about, well, and I was also thinking about in change, we need to hear the truth. Amen? We need to hear the truth. We, we need people, I pray that we could be a family that would call out the gold and the truth. All right? And I was thinking about, I woke up at four in the morning with this hilarious memory of me in seventh grade. And it has to do with this, I promise. But I have this memory of how important it is to know the truth. And what it was, was... Who here remembers the roller rinks? Right? The roller rinks were the place to be, especially in seventh grade. And I remember vividly one of my first times ever getting to go to the roller rink. So, like, my parents dropped me off. I was by myself. I thought it was so cool. I had, like, spent so much time thinking about what I was going to wear. Because, let's be real, when you're in seventh grade, do you know who's at the roller rinks? High school boys are at the roller rinks. So, okay, I'm sorry, I'm married and I love my husband and he knows this is okay. But <laughs> high school boys were at the roller rink, so I wanted to really look my best at the roller rinks and just like impress everyone there. So 
So I remember this time. I went with my friend Katie, and we got there. We got our skates. We like went to the bathroom to do a little bathroom check, you know. And then we started to to roll out, and we were just gonna like make our grand entrance on the roller rink. And we roll on, and all of a sudden, everyone's staring at me, and not in a good way. And then like this laughter breaks out on the roller rink, and I'm like, this is not what I was envisioning. This is not the kind of reaction I was looking at. And so I look around, and I'm like, why are they laughing? Why are they laughing? And I look down, and there's this long, beautiful trail of toilet paper tied to my rollerblades. And it's just, I'm just parading, and it's like blowing in the wind behind me. And I thought to myself, how wonderful would it have been if my friend Katie had told me there was toilet paper connected to my rollerblades before I made this grand entrance. So I'm here to tell you that you have a friend, Jesus, who will tell you when there's toilet paper hanging to your rollerblades. Amen. <laughs> Amen. You have a father in heaven that is like that dear sweet friend that tells you you've got a little in your teeth, okay? You have that kind of friend in God, so why don't we engage with it? Why don't we engage and say, hey God, do I have anything? Do I have anything? Is there anything stuck? I literally leave bathrooms today and I look at my feet because I was so traumatized from that moment. <laughs> I always do a TP check. <laughs> but I'm here to tell you that you've got a Father in heaven that will show you things, that will tell you things, okay? And he doesn't expose things to shame you. He exposes things to shape you. There's no shame here. There's no condemnation here. It's all in love. Amen? Amen. Okay. Awesome. I think we're on the same page. Well, what gets in the way of us growing, though? What gets us? There's still something there, right, that doesn't quite want to engage. Or maybe we're a bit fearful when it comes to God exposing things or when it comes to God wanting to grow things in us. And I do, I think that there are a few things that kind of get in the way and kind of stunt our growth process. And I think some of it is we feel like we're afraid of God. What are you going to what are you going to say? What are you going to find? And I do think that shame really plays a big part in stunting our growth here. Because we tell ourselves and we believe ourselves the lies that he's actually wanting to expose in ourselves. And here's the thing. Here's the thing about shame. I heard this um, said, and I think it's so, so good. Shame is like mold. It can only grow in dark places. It can only grow in dark places. So it's so important that we allow the light of God to expose and allow those things to come forth so that he can show us what's really true. So I'm just here to tell you that shame has nothing to do with this. Shame has nothing to do with this. And you know what does have to do with this? Do you know what God's motive is in wanting to grow us? It's love. That's really the only motive, is love. Like a loving parent, you want to guide your child. 
You want to show them truth. You want to gently correct. That's the same parent that we have in heaven. All of us. It's all love. I was thinking about our call. That one of the, you know, someone asked Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? And he said these words. He said in Mark 12, 30, he said, love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength. And then he goes on to say, love your neighbor as yourself. But here's the thing. If we don't invite God into our heart and our mind and our soul, and we don't invite God into the process of loving us, how do we expect to live out that call? He's got to love those things in order to expose those things and transform us. But it's all done in love. It's all done in love. Did you know that God wants to grow you from the inside out? And he wants to start in your heart. Who wants to start in your heart? I love the psalmist. It's actually David who, who prayed this like bold prayer. And this has been my prayer lately. It's a scary prayer, all right? Because you don't know what he's going to find. But it's the best prayer we could ever pray. And it's in Psalm 139, 23. I love in the Passion Translations, it says like this. God, I invite your searching gaze into my heart. Examine me through and through. Find out everything that may be hidden within me. Put me to the test and sift through all my anxious cares. See if there is any path of pain I'm walking on and lead me back to your glorious, everlasting ways, the path that brings me back to you. What if we invited him into this heart journey? What if we invited him in and said, hey, you know what's crazy about this psalm in particular? It's all about God knowing us. It's all about God knowing us. He knows us from the inside out. So who better to lead us in this transformation process? But we, he's actually such a gentleman. And he won't just barge in and he won't just force himself on us. He's actually waiting for permission. So would we give him permission into our heart and say, you know what, Lord, you know me, you created me, and I know that you love me, and this is a safe place. So go ahead, God, just why don't you search my heart and just show me what you see. If there's anything in there, if there's any motives that, that are off, if there's any pain that I'm, I'm harboring or anything, God, would you just highlight it, and then would you fill that with your love and your truth? and just transform me from the inside out. I pray that that could be our prayer, church. I pray that that could be our prayer. But there are some things that pop up and I think that do get in the way of us saying those prayers. And I already called out one, it's shame. I think another is pride. Yeah, I'm just gonna call it out, pride. I have it, (laughs) okay, I'm not perfect. I have pride too. And pride is rooted in unhelpful mindsets that that kind of say, I know it all. Actually, I know it all. But here's the thing, you don't know it all. I don't know it all. I know that's really heavy and that's like an ouch. But we don't know it all. But here's the thing, do you know who does? The one that you're in relationship with. The one that created the heavens and the earth. He actually knows it all. He knows it all. 
So why wouldn't we partner with him, the one that sees all and knows all and is all sovereign? Why wouldn't we partner with him to show us what we can't see? He really does know it all, and he wants to show us. But there can be some some blind spots, and and I think pride just kind of drives that. And I think that another thing that can get in the way is kind of like an independent spirit, which I also understand. (laughs) I'm an only child. Sometimes that gets me in trouble with God because only children are kind of taught, like, you just got to figure it out. You got to entertain yourself. You got to do it on your own, which is really great. I'm a real self-starter. You know, I've got some good traits from that, but I tend to want to do life alone. And I'm here to tell you, there are no only children in the kingdom of God. There's only sons and daughters. So we weren't made to do life alone. And it's that independent, only child mentality that keeps us from growth because we don't want anyone else to see what isn't perfect inside of us. Like, I am so preaching to myself right now. It's so true. It's that independent spirit. It's that prideful spirit. But what if they see what I don't want them to see? But honey, that's where growth takes place. And just as much as we have a father that is going to approach this in truth and love, you have a family who wants to come alongside you and speak truth in love. But it's these unhelpful mindsets, but you know, I actually think they're also really rooted in heart stances. Because a mindset's something that we can kind of challenge, but I think a hard stance is something that's so deeply rooted, we don't even know it's there. And here's the real tricky thing about that. Your stance will determine your reach. Your hard stance will actually determine like how far you can grow. These unhelpful and these hurtful heart stances, and I'm telling you, I got them too. I need God's grace. I need God to continue to grow me from the inside out. But you will hit a ceiling if you don't allow him in and challenge these heart stances. I saw this image, and I know it's cheesy, but I thought it was so cute. Um, I feel like <laughs> that's us growing. That's us growing. And you see, like, I don't know. She's just a sweet, sweet child of God. And I feel like if we can keep that spirit and that open-heartedness, that girl's just going to shoot through the roof. I want that. I don't ever want to stop growing. I don't ever want to stop experiencing God's love for me and having him transform me. And just, it's that sanctification process, if you want to go old school. But like, he's just kind of getting some some icky stuff out so that he can allow us to blossom like we were created to, amen? But if we don't have our hearts rooted in the right places or we don't allow him in to challenge those heart stances, we're gonna hit ceilings. So I really think that your stance, your heart stance, is gonna determine your reach and your ability to grow. Do you see why it's so important that we invite God into our hearts? Not just receive him, but allow him to show us what's going on. It's so important. If we're going to grow, we've got to allow him to cultivate the soil of our hearts. We've got to just let him in. I said soil. It makes me think of 
I think we've all, maybe you're familiar with this parable where Jesus actually talks about certain soils and he talks about the sower and how the sower seeds all these soils and, and he calls out these different types of soils. And he talks about the importance of having good soil so that there can be so much fruitfulness. I started to read this scripture. I'm gonna read it with you guys. And I actually started to identify something new in this. And what I actually, I felt like God started to speak to me about were three things that are absolutely crucial to growth. So maybe like you could write them down. The first one, well, I'm just going to read it first. Mark 4 um, in the Amplified Version. Jesus is, is encouraging a group of people and he's teaching them and he really wants them to just get like something from this. So he says, it says, again, Jesus began to teach beside the Sea of Galilee and a very large crowd gathered around him. He got into a boat, anchoring it to a short distance out on the sea and sat down and the whole crowd was by the sea on the shore. And he taught them many things in parables. Do you know when we said yes to God, we didn't just say yes to a savior, we said yes to a teacher. We said yes to a father and a helper. He wants to teach you new things. Okay? Sorry. So then, verse 3. He said to them, listen. A sower went out to sow seed, and he was sowing, and some seed fell by the road, and the birds came up and ate it up. Soil number one. Other seed fell on rocks where there was not much soil, and immediately a plant sprung up. But because the soil had no depth, and when the, the sun came, the plant was scorched, and because it had no root, it dried up and withered away. Soil number two. Other seed fell among thorns, and those thorns came up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. That's soil number three. And the other seed fell into good soil, and as the plants grew and increased, they yielded a crop that produced 30, 60, 100 times as much as been sown, and then he said, he who has ears, let him hear and heed my words. And as soon as he was alone, like, so that was to the crowd, the disciples came to him and they're like, what, what, what was that about? And they wanted him to explain it. But listen to this. This is what he tells them first before he unpacks it all. He said to them, the mystery of the kingdom of God has been given to you who have teachable hearts. But those who are the outside, the unbelievers, the spiritually blind, are going to hear this in parables. You know, I feel like God is talking about soils, but I feel like he's talking about heart stances as well. And I think that the good soil, the good soil, the fourth one that he's talking about, that healthy soil, is the one that has, it's a teachable heart. This isn't the one that knows it all. This is the one that wants to know God's heart the most. This is the one that's open and teachable and wants to receive whatever God has to say. That's the kind of heart God is looking for. He's not looking for perfection. He's looking for just progress in a partnership. Okay? So that's the kind of soil in your heart that God wants to cultivate. The other soils, I think we kind of already went after the different heart stances that we have, but there's a hardened heart. There's maybe a, a shallow heart that just hasn't, 
I don't know, maybe life's been rough or they haven't quite been able to plant themselves just yet. So when, when life gets a bit rough, they kind of uproot and they're not connected to that root system of love. And then there's honestly this, I want to call this out. The third one, the soil that fell among thorns and thorns came up and choked it out. That's the deceived heart. That's the heart that has been starting to listen to the lies more than God's truth. That's the one that the enemy is throwing these lies and it's, it's just confused their heart and it's tormented their heart. And I'm telling you, if we want to say yes to growth, God will remove every single thorn if you'll let him. He'll take out every single lie. You know what he'll replace it with? His truth and his love. Do you know what that is? Miracle grow. That is miracle grow. That is miracle grow. And I'm here to tell you that there is no soil that he can't completely transform. So there's, I just, there's no one too far gone. Amen? Because he has got miracle growth for your heart. It's just full of his truth, full of his promises, and full of his love. But I think that the goal and the desire to want to grow and grow and grow is to what? Keep that teachable heart. It's that same 130, Psalm 139 prayer that we pray of search my heart, Lord. Whatever you want to do, I just want to learn from you. Pull out what you need to pull out and put in what you need to put in. But I just want to hear and learn and grow in you. Amen? All right, for time's sake, I'm going to fly through this. But healthy soil, if you didn't get the first one. All right, what we need to to grow, to really grow, we've got to allow God to cultivate the soil of our heart. And I would just give you, maybe in connect groups, you guys can do just like a little heart check or something this week or just on your own time, do a little heart check. And and, because maybe you're thinking, I don't know what soil is going on in here. And yes, there are different groups that God calls out. But here's the thing. Back in those days, they didn't have like organized, beautiful little farms. The farmers literally came out with a bag and sowed and sowed and spread and spread over one soil. So here's the thing. There can actually be hardened parts in your heart. There can be deceived parts in your heart. There can be healthy parts in your heart. What I actually think that we see an illustration here is this can be one heart. So it's so important to do a check with God, a heart check with God, and say, hey, is there anything in there that shouldn't be in there? And I think just A few ways to just do a hard check is to look at your words, your thoughts, and your actions. It says, out of the overflow, the heart speaks. That's a real quick way. If there are things that are coming out of your mouth that you're like, that doesn't even sound like me. Or, Lord, I know that's not you. That's a good place to start a conversation with God and dig a little deeper and gauge the health of that soil. Amen? I know I'm flying through, but do a heart check this week, okay? The second thing, and we already kind of covered this, the second thing for healthy soil, you're going to need light. You're going to need light. God doesn't expose us to shame us. He exposes us and calls forth things into light to shape us, to heal us. Did you know he was called to heal the brokenhearted? 
That's his, that he, he loves to do this. He loves to heal and restore, but it's gonna take light and it's gonna be uncomfortable to, to acknowledge the things that you don't wanna acknowledge with God. But let me tell you, this is all done in love. It's safe. It's safe. It's gonna need some light. The last one, and I'll call up the worship team. If you guys wanna come join me. There's this book. I don't know if you guys have ever read it. It's one of my favorite books. It's a fictional book um, by the author of William P. Young. And it's a novel called The Shack. And the author describes his, this book by saying that the shack is actually a metaphor for the houses that we build up out of pain. It can be a place that we get stuck in a place that we get hurt in, a, a place where shame is centered in. And in this story, I'm going to let like, you guys read it or you can watch it um, on Amazon. It's really good. They made a, like an actual decent Christian movie. It's really good. You'll like it. The guy from Avatar is in it. He's really good. Um, but he stars in it. His name is Mackenzie in this, this novel and movie. And really what he does is he goes to the shack and God meets him there. But I love God displays himself as the Trinity, as Father, Son, Jesus, and Holy Spirit. And there's this scene that I just feel like this is such an amazing image for us to just hold on to this as we allow God to grow us from the inside out and to cultivate the soil of our heart. There's this scene where Holy Spirit invites Mackenzie to come and work in this garden. I think we have a picture, a couple of pictures from the movie. But they, Holy Spirit, oh yeah, and Holy Spirit's depicted as a woman too. So controversial, I love it. Um, so Holy Spirit invites Mackenzie to come and, and, and garden in this garden. And, and at first Mackenzie looks at the garden and it's like a hot mess. Like this isn't so beautifully like, from his point of view, it's not some beautifully like manicured garden, but there's like plants growing up over here and it just looks like organized chaos. And he turns to Holy Spirit and he says, what a mess. And Holy Spirit says, but isn't it beautiful? Do you know God wants to meet you in your mess? Do you know God's not intimidated by your mess? So then Holy Spirit hands Mackenzie a shovel. They meet in one place in this garden, and, and they begin to uproot something that actually was kind of quite poisonous. And, and the Holy Spirit doesn't give Mackenzie too much, just, just hands him a shovel and says, hey, child, I want us to kind of uproot this one thing. There was something here that, that shouldn't have been here, so we're just going to uproot this together. And they pull out every root, every thorn, every lie together. And then Holy Spirit has Mackenzie plant this beautiful tree in this garden. What does that represent? Truth, love, redemption, restoration. Do you see what God did in that image? Uprooted the lie and put in his truth and his love. And there's this amazing visual 
of what looked like such a mess became this beautiful garden of our hearts. Mackenzie turns to Holy Spirit, still not quite getting it. And Holy Spirit says, do you see what we've done? Do you see what this is? Mackenzie, this is you. This is your heart. The third thing that we need to grow is a gardener. And that's your father. That's your heavenly father. That's God. He doesn't tell you, okay, here's a shovel. Go fix it yourself. Mm -mm. He gets down and dirty with you. He gets down and he pulls up those roots with you. And he hands you something so much more beautiful in its place. And you plant it together. And in that, he wipes away every tear, every hurt. Whatever was the root source of what shouldn't have been there, he calls it out. And he so gently just fills you with his love. And you take a step back and you see, wow, that growth process actually wasn't that terrible. Because God, you do love me. And you can bring me truth and love. That's what growth is about. That's the true image of God growing us from the inside out. I know I've gone way over my time. I'll leave you with this thought. What is loved is healthy. And healthy things grow. So would you let him love you today? Would you let him cultivate the soil of your heart? Would you let him uproot what he needs to uproot? Would you let him restore you from the inside out? Amen? Amen. Let's go ahead and worship. Thanks again for listening to the House SF podcast. We pray that you're encouraged today by this message. If you'd like to partner with and support our ministry, please visit us at www.housesf.org.